What About It Pro Wrestling fans, and welcome back to another episode of What About Wrestling. I'm your host, Dylan Roberts, and on today's episode, we're going to do things just a little bit differently. For the past couple weeks, I've been trying to figure out some things that I might want to do differently about the show. Some things, just, you know, some ways that I can improve the show and make it more of an enjoyable listen. I haven't really gotten any negative feedback on the way that I've been doing things. I just wanted to try something else and see how it goes. And uh, yeah, maybe it could be a lot of fun today. I'm not really sure. We'll see how it goes. And then next week, if I decide that, you know, I didn't really like the way that I've done things on today's episode, then we'll go back to doing it the old way next week or we'll try something else out. Um, But for those of you that are, you know, currently enjoying the format of the show, Um, Hopefully you will enjoy the new format, and if not, then give me some feedback and we'll see what we can do. This show is, like I've said in the past, it's a creative outlet for me, but it's also something that I want y'all to really enjoy. And um, I know a lot of you look forward to the week in wrestling that I do every week, but I think I spend a little bit too much time thinking about very minute things that don't really matter that much. So I wanted to do today's episode a certain way, and... I don't have any notes, so um, this show could be a complete mess. We'll see how it goes. We are still going to do a main event, but this week's main event is going to be over the WWE Draft. It's not going to be like a retrospective or anything like that. I'm just going to talk about, like, you know, drafts of the past and maybe what I'm expecting out of this year's draft and kind of tie it all in together and just kind of see what what they could do, what could they take from the past that they've done and maybe add to this draft and some things that I would like to see going forward that I didn't like about past drafts and also fantasy book a little bit about the draft and some things after the draft that I want to see going forward. So with all that being said, I've got a plug to say, uh, you know, go check out the social media pages. TikTok and Instagram are absolutely the ones that I'm the most involved on. Uh, Twitter, I think I've tweeted out like six or seven times ever and uh, a lot of retweets and things like that. And then the Facebook page, I've pretty much abandoned. I just feel like I have to have one, especially for uh, some of my older listeners. They're more of a Facebook-friendly people. So um, check me out on all forms of social media, but definitely check out the TikTok and the Instagram pages. The TikTok, I, I, I have a lot of fun with making the TikTok stuff. So it's a little difficult because I'm just not the most tech savvy person in the world, which is weird because I'm not even 30 years old and I act like I'm 90, but the TikTok is fun. And the Instagram page is typically a lot of fun too. And Instagram's where we'll, where we will be doing a lot of our giveaways. So uh, there are going to be more giveaways coming up. I want to address something else too, that I guess I've already kind of forgotten to address is I didn't record an episode over the past two weeks. So One of the reasons why I didn't do that is I've just been incredibly busy with work. So I've been, I think I worked like 18 days straight or something like that. And then on top of that, it's springtime and there's a honeydew list. It's a mile long. I built my kids a playground and made a garden and um, helped with the other playground that we have at the house currently. Been mowing and doing all the dad stuff. So, and on top of that, I've got three kids and a wife. And like I said, I've worked like 18 days in a row. So, Finally got a day off here, going to record this podcast, going to have a lot of fun, and I'm wanting to move this podcast to Tuesdays because the way that the WWE schedule works is is starting to feel more like they go Friday to Monday, whereas in the past, they used to go Monday through Friday. So 
you know, you look at it from even just the draft perspective coming up this week is the draft starts on Friday and ends on Monday. So I just think that the WWE schedule allows more of a, I need to be recording on Monday nights or Tuesdays and releasing on Tuesdays or Wednesday kind of thing. So that's the way that it's working out. And I think, you know, I, I typically I'm supposed to have Tuesdays and Saturdays off. So the way the schedule was working before, I was off on that day. And the way the schedule is going to work now for the podcast, I'll be off on Tuesdays. So it's going to work. I think it's going to be better. So again, I'm just trying to make this podcast better. I'm trying to make it more of an enjoyable listen. I know a lot of you listen to this while you're at work. And, you know, if you get to work on Monday morning and you listen to the podcast that I put out on Saturday or Sunday, well, you know, it's it pretty much just boils down to, well, everything that Dylan's saying, you know, is, is good or bad or however you take it. But then it's all going to be kind of um, in the past come later that night. So I didn't really like that about it either. So this is what we're going with. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. I want to go ahead and just kind of jump into everything here. One thing that I want to talk about for sure is the randomness of a couple of the matches that we have coming up at Backlash. So, it was announced on SmackDown, out of nowhere, that Seth Rollins will be challenging Omos at Backlash. It's hard to make me disappointed in the Seth Rollins match. I think the match will be okay. I think everything's fine about it. But what kind of story do we have going into this? Well, we found out a little bit more about this match on Monday, um, last night, uh, about the Seth Rollins and Omos situation. And, you know, they had a little a little bit of a... Um, you know, something going on there, but it felt more like Seth Rollins was more into talking about the new world heavyweight championship that Triple H announced, which we will get into here in just a second. And I don't know, it's just, it feels very indie-ish. It feels very, I don't know, like AEW, like, yeah, we're just going to announce this match for the sake of having a match. And that's not a very WWE thing. Not of recent anyways, not since Triple H has been in charge. I don't know. Again, it's a Seth Rollins match. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to love it. I mean, I'm the biggest Seth Rollins fan that any of you have probably listened to or encountered. So I don't know. It's, it's, it is what it is, I guess, but I'm just not super in love with the fact of one of your biggest stars in the entire company is going to just go out and wrestle a random match on a pay-per-view that doesn't matter at all. So again, if they come out next week and say, oh, well, this is a qualifying match for the new World Heavyweight Championship or something like that, that's fine by me, but that should have been announced beforehand. They could have waited a week or not even a week. Again, this was announced on SmackDown on Friday. On Monday, we're getting a little bit of something between the two of them. And, you know, the, the titles announced on Monday. I mean, you could have you could have announced that title and then have Seth Rollins come out and say, I'm going to win the title. And then Omos come out and say, no, I'm going to. And then have Triple H say something like, well, that's a good thing because y'all two are the first two in the qualifying tournament for this title or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just really, really odd. Another random match was announced for Backlash, and that is Bronson Reed versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. I think that this match has a little bit more to do with the draft, if I had to take a guess, because it looks like maybe, uh, I don't know, they've done it in the past where the Intercontinental title will switch to Raw and then the U.S. title will switch to SmackDown or something like that. And maybe they want Austin Theory to stay on Raw 
and Bobby Lashley, I guess, to go to SmackDown or something like that. So Bobby takes that title with him. Gunther comes to Raw with his Intercontinental title. And then you have a whole new series of matches set up. Maybe that's the goal. I'm not really sure, but we will see. It's kind of weird that the draft is going down in the middle of all this, like right before Backlash. There's a build going on to a couple of these matches. The draft may give away a few of your winners because, you know, if Gunther gets drafted to Raw and Bobby Lashley gets drafted to SmackDown, but Austin Theory stays on Raw, well, you know that title's got to go somewhere. They're not just going to have two titles on one show and none on the other. So, I mean, we know what's going to happen in that situation. So, I don't know. It's it's a little odd. Um, again, they there was a little bit of a storyline going into this match. I mean, you have the Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley thing going on. And Austin Theory is just a heel that everybody hates. So, I mean, I can get behind this one a lot more than I can get behind the Seth Rollins and Omos thing. But it's still a little weird. So... I don't know. Very odd. Very weird booking. Not very... I don't know. We haven't seen this in a long time at a WWE. So hopefully this isn't a sign of things to come. I don't want going into pay-per-views. I don't want these just random matches thrown together. I hope this is kind of the end of all that. It's the start and the end of all that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of random matches. Since we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, I guess we'll go ahead and talk about the brand new... WWE World Heavyweight Championship that was debuted last night on Raw. Super odd, you know, like, I guess we all kind of heard rumors going around that this was going to be a thing. Um, but it kind of came out of nowhere for me. Maybe I'm just kind of dumb or I don't know. I, I just didn't see it coming now. I would have liked to have seen it come after the draft where it's like, okay, Roman's on Raw. And then SmackDown has this roster of dudes, and it's like, well, they need a championship too. What's going to happen? And then Triple H comes out and debuts the World Heavyweight Championship. Again, I'm being real nitpicky here, but I just would have rather seen it go down that way. I'll say this. I like the design of the new title. I'm very weird about titles. I hate the Intercontinental title. I hate the way that it looks, the current one. Um, not a big fan of how the U.S. title looks. It's grown with me a little bit, but I love the old U.S. title design so much. And maybe it's just because it's the one that I grew up on. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, the title looks pretty cool. Um, if it's not apparent to you already, or if you haven't seen the title yet, it's very much a tribute to the big gold belt, the, um, the world heavyweight title that Ric Flair carried, you know, the whole WCW style. Um, and then they brought that title over the WWE. And I would say that Triple H is probably the one most synonymous with that design. Um, all kind of the same thing. Well, this title looks a lot like those. It's bulkier. But it looks like the gold's a lot thicker. And it has a ginormous WWE logo in the middle of it. Maybe it's not that big, especially not compared to the current Universal and WWE titles. But it's large. And it's <laughs> it's very clear that it's in the middle of the thing, which is... Fine by me, because we know why they do that. It's a branding thing. You want people, when they see that title, to know exactly who it is and where it's from. And they can give these titles out to, you know, NFL players or hockey players when they win the Stanley Cup or whatever. Um, it all makes sense. It's a good-looking title. I've seen a lot of people online saying that the way that Triple H presented the title made it feel very less than and secondary. And it's hard to disagree with that. But at the same time, it's like, the man makes the title. The title doesn't make the man. 
So if you put that title on, you know, a lot of people are assuming that Seth Rollins is going to be the one to win it. If you put that title on Seth Rollins, it's up to Seth Rollins to elevate that title. It's up to Seth Rollins to make that title feel more important than the two or one or whatever they decide with Roman. It's up to Seth to decide if that title is more important than Roman's. So, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 that's all there is to it. I mean, the title is what is made out to be by the man that's carrying it. So I do think, you know, since we're already kind of speculating, I do think Seth would be a great one to hold it. If they're going to, I really don't want them to put it on Cody. I want Cody to be the one that beats Roman. I think that that's like the clear and obvious story to tell there. If if that's the case, if Cody wins it, then I'm going to be super stoked. It's going to be a big moment for him. But I just think that Cody should be the one to defeat Roman. I mean, and that's just as simple as it is. I don't think it should be Rock. I don't think it should be Jey Uso. I don't think it should be Braun Breaker or any of these other guys. At this point, I think there's one person that you have beat Roman, and that's Cody Rhodes. So it's a it's a tricky scenario. And again, we'll know we will know what's going to happen. Whenever it comes time for the draft, when the draft happens, if Cody ends up on a different brand than Roman, you've got to assume that Cody's going to win that title before he ever beats Roman. You know, it looks like Triple H, his creative process lends itself more to these two brands are split apart and they are definitely split apart. There's no interweaving. There's no crossing back and forth. So I, I don't want Cody. I want Cody to be on the same brand as Roman. I think that's the way you do all this. Again, we're kind of dabbling a little bit too far into the draft thing that we're going to get into a little bit. But And I don't know that Seth Rollins is just your automatic winner of the World Heavyweight Championship because that's extremely obvious. And WWE tends to not love doing the obvious thing. Again, five or six years ago, if you would have asked me, I would have been like, oh, yes, yeah, Seth's definitely winning this. It's written in stone because WWE is just going to do the obvious thing, and that's just all there is to it. But nowadays, it's not the case. And, I mean, that could not have been any more evident than whenever Cody lost at WrestleMania this year. I mean, we just all assumed, like, well, yeah, Cody's going to win it. And it's going to be a great moment. And then he didn't because WWE just doesn't feel the need to do obvious stuff. So Seth would be a good one. I think Austin Theory would be a great World Heavyweight Champion. Other guys, Bobby Lashley, obviously. Uh, there's a couple rumors going around that Big E might be getting a little healthy. If he comes back, he would be a great one. Randy Orton, whenever he comes back. Somebody that nobody's talking about that I think is healthy from what I hear. And if they'd done a tournament, they could plug him in at the very last second would be AJ Styles. I think AJ Styles would be a great first person to hold that title. Again, I know that it's just a title that they've recycled from the past, but... You want to get the title off to a good start, have your tournament finals be AJ Styles and Seth Rollins, and then whoever wins, everybody's going to be happy because everybody loves both of those guys. It'll be an incredible match, and you will have a grand champion. You will have a brand new, spectacular champion who can be on the show every single week, somebody that can defend the title in great matches, have great storylines, the fans love. I mean, you can't lose in that scenario, so... I guess I've kind of fantasy booked myself into a match that I want, and that is Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles to crown the new World Heavyweight Champion. A couple other matches that we have coming up over the next, uh, I guess at Backlash, would be Rhea Ripley and Zelina Vega. I'm super, like, I'm kind of getting super excited about that because Zelina does not get a lot of ring time, 
she's always kind of been a manager or a valet or however you want to word that. But she's not a bad wrestler from what I remember and from what I understand. So having her go up against Rhea to kind of just cut out the monotony of just the same people over and over and over again, challenging for the titles. I mean, Rhea, I mean, Zelina's not going to win, but that's fine. She is going to put on a good show and there's some storyline going into it with the whole LWO versus judgment day thing. It feels very fun. It feels very exciting because we all know if you've been watching wrestling for any amount of time, you know that this is the most boring time of the year for wrestling. It's just hard to watch. From April until August is just typically a hard time of the year to watch wrestling. Because, I mean, everything that I just talked about earlier about why I couldn't record this podcast is why everybody has such a tough time watching wrestling anyways. And then you have this hangover effect from WrestleMania, which has been hitting me hard. I mean... I'm not even watching a lot of these shows live completely. Like I'll watch it and then I'll have to go back and watch a couple things because I'm stepping out of the room to do other stuff. And it's crazy because aside from that raw after WrestleMania show, wrestling's still been really good here recently, but there's just so much other stuff going on in people's personal lives. And on top of that, you have that hangover effect from WrestleMania. It's just a hard time to watch wrestling. So get some new exciting people into these title matches and have some fun with it. Backlash is actually kind of shaping up to look like it's going to be a really fun show. So I'm excited to see where it all goes. I'm excited to see several of these matches. A big one that, which I guess you're going to have Riddle, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens versus the Usos and Solo Sokoa. That match is going to bang. You know, like that match is going to be incredible. So that's another good one. And then, of course, you've got Cody Rhodes going up against Brock Lesnar. And I just want to take a little time to talk on something that feels very deja vu, very reminiscent to me. Cody Rhodes is doing what I've talked about Seth Rollins doing with Brock Lesnar on this show so many times. On the build to WrestleMania 35, Seth Rollins had to come out and tell the story about Brock Lesnar. He had to come out and be the one that gave you all the details, got you excited, and made you interested in this match. Cody Rhodes has done that with Brock Lesnar, and it has been even better than the way that Seth done it. Cody has gotten into such a groove with cutting his promos in a way that gets everybody excited. All the way down to the one that he just cut last night. I mean, he's in the he's in the ring and he's talking about, you know, pretty much can't hurt me. You just can't hurt me. I don't care if you rip my pet completely off my chest. I'm still going to push it to the limits and I'm going to beat you. You know, he took he took his shirt off and the fans are going crazy and the fans are popping. They're hanging on every single word that Cody Rhodes is saying. It's such an odd time period for wrestling because in years past, five years ago, the good guys were getting booed. And the bad guys were getting cheered. And there was nothing that WWE could do about it. Well, now you're in this situation with Cody Rhodes where he's a good guy and he just gets cheered by everyone. Everyone loves Cody Rhodes. I don't even hear like a few hecklers in the crowd ever whenever Cody Rhodes is out there. You know, typically you will hear somebody in the audience that's trying to be cool and act like they know more than everybody else booing somebody that everybody loves. 
It doesn't happen to Cody. Cody is universally loved by everybody. So it's really cool to see. And I think that him and Brock Lesnar are going to go into Backlash and Puerto Rico and just beat the hell out of each other. And y'all know how much I love that. How many times on this podcast have I heard, I mean, have you heard that you just love me, people beating the hell out of each other? I love to see dudes get in the ring and make it feel like it's real. Brock Lesnar is the world's best at that. And I think Cody Rhodes is going to feed into that unlike anybody else that Brock Lesnar has faced in the past 10 years. It's just that simple. Cody Rhodes is going to let Brock Lesnar beat the heck out of him. And then he's going to come out victorious. And we're all going to be super happy that Cody Rhodes has overcome something. It's hard times, baby. So I'm excited for that one. On Friday, during the draft, I'm assuming, you're going to have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn go up against the Usos for the undisputed Tag Team Championships. This match is kind of turning into, I don't know, it's a little weird. It's becoming a little bit more weird and a little bit more weird every day. And it's due to really, really good storytelling. Uh, On Raw this week, we've seen Sammy yet again going to talk to Jey Uso and trying to tell him how things actually are, how the fans see it. Like, dude, you're selling out to somebody who wouldn't sell out for you. And you're going to pay for it in the end. And Jey Uso's just telling him straight up, like, nah, dude, that's just not how it is. Well, then you have Jimmy and Jay talking about it. And Jimmy pretty much tells Jay, like, dude, get out of your own head. We know what we're here to accomplish. We know who we're here to try to please. And that's the tribal chief. And that's the end of it. That's the end of it, man. We're blood. We are the bloodline. Later in the show, you see Jimmy come talk to Sammy about the same thing and tell him pretty much like, dude, you're dumb. You're not going to be able to convince Jay of anything. And that's just the way that it is. And we're brothers and we're bloodline. And Kevin Owens is going to be the one to turn on you here real soon. We all know what's coming because the fans do think like that. The fans do think, well, it's only a matter of time before Kevin Owens turns on Sammy Zayn. We better enjoy this ride while it lasts. Then Sammy goes and talks to Kevin, and Kevin's pretty much telling him, like, dude, you're an idiot. Stay away from those guys. There's nothing that you can tell them. It's just me and you. We're brothers. We're blood. It's very, very interesting because, you know, the assumption, the, the, I guess the question has been, how do you get Sammy and Kevin away from each other? You know, the tag title reign's got to come to an end at some point in time. Do we just do the same thing that we've been doing over and over and over again where these dudes, you know, they're best friends and they get into it and then they're not best friends anymore and they have a couple pay-per-view matches and then they go their separate ways? I mean, how does it go? Do we want to see all that over again? And my big thing, and, and Donnie talked about this on the podcast before WrestleMania, like he didn't want them to become champions for this reason, because how do you get the tag titles off of them? How do you get them away from each other? Well, I feel like there's a pretty easy solution to all this. I feel like there's a very easy solution to all this. Two things could happen. You have the Usos win the tag titles back on Friday, which doesn't feel very awesome. I mean, it's fine by me because I love the Usos, but it doesn't feel very cool because it's like, well, why did you take the tag titles off of them in the first place at WrestleMania? 
Was it just for a pop? Was it just for a moment? Or you could split Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens up in the draft. And since we're already to this point, I guess we'll just go ahead and jump right into the draft. We'll go ahead and jump right into the main event here. And I'll start the main event out by saying, I believe that you split Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens up in the draft. You have them retain on Friday and then just split them up. Have one guy go one way, have the other guy go the other way. Whoever gets drafted to whichever show, you have them take those tag titles with them to their respective brands. They find their own tag team partners. And then that's the end of it. You know, you don't have to have them turn on each other or or whatever the plan may be or whatever fans think is going to happen. You just have them go their separate ways. There's no bad blood. There's no hatred. I would assume that you put Sami Zayn on a brand that's opposite of the bloodline so that you don't have that to continue going on. Or maybe you do put them on the same brand. And there's finally an end to this Sami Zayn and bloodline story. I just think that at some point the Sami Zayn and bloodline story is going to get a little repetitive and it's going to get a little old. So why not just while it's still hot, break it up. You know, Kevin Owens versus Bloodline, it's fine, it's whatever. I mean, that's a much easier end to tell that either or either Kevin Owens just couldn't overcome the Bloodline or he could. There's the end of it. With Sami Zayn, I just think that it's an ongoing thing that may never end. So I, I say you split up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in the draft. I mean, we've seen it in the past, in past drafts. I think in the very first draft, we've seen Devon and Bubba Ray get split up as a tag team. Tag teams get split up in the draft. Another tag team that I think is going to get split up in the draft is Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. I think the WWE is finally ready to see what Montez Ford can do on his own. I feel bad for Angelo Dawkins. I don't think that he'll just drown, but I don't think he's going to do spectacular. Not off the gate. I don't think that Angelo Dawkins has a very good grasp on what his character is to do just spectacular right out of the gate. So... That sucks for him, but I think that it's the right call. Now, again, this is all just fantasy booking. This is nothing I've read online. I don't know who's going where. WWE does a really good job of keeping this all close to the vest. But I say we see them split up. Another tag team that I think that we might see split up is Chad Gable and Otis. And again, I think that this is going to play very much in the favor of Chad Gable. WWE has a chance here to make two new stars in Chad Gable and Montez Ford. You have the chance, so why not take it? You know, again, Triple H seems like he's taking this draft thing very seriously. It seems like he's wanting to keep these brands completely apart. And with that, you need new people to step up. Those two guys right there between Chad Gable and Montez Ford, those two guys can step up and become Intercontinental Champion, become United States Champion. They can do it. I promise. Those are two guys that you can hang your hat on and let them have great matches. Another thing that I want to see going forward in the draft is something that was finally announced. It's something I've been thinking about. Have Roman just stay on one brand, and we're going to get to see that. So that's very cool. You know, a couple of, a couple of drafts have really shaken up the whole WWE. 
the draft was responsible for creating the SmackDown 6. The SmackDown 6, if you don't remember, was a group of guys that could really go in the ring. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm going to try to remember them off the top of my head here. So this may be very ugly. Edge, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Chavo Guerrero. I'm thinking. That sounds about right. Chavo may be one of the ones. It may have been somebody else, but Chavo was involved in that because I remember him being in a tag team with Eddie, and he was having these great cruiserweight matches and things of that nature. But the draft is what created that because after the draft, you have these six guys who could all use more airtime. They could use more of a push. They could actually be big-time stars. And five of those guys, you know, say what you want about Chris Benoit, but he ended up winning a World Heavyweight Championship. Eddie won the WWE Championship. Edge won the World Heavyweight Championship and WWE Championship. Kurt Angle was World Heavyweight Champion. Rey Mysterio was World Heavyweight Champion and WWE Champion. All these guys accomplished something major just because they got more airtime. Even Chavo was Tag Team Champion and Cruiserweight Champion. So that's the glory of splitting the two brands in half. That's the glory in saying, you know, you're not everybody's having to compete with air for airtime with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. There can be new guys stepping up. And again, I've already mentioned Chad Gable and Montez Ford. Another person that I could think that I think could do with more airtime is Austin Theory. You know, say what you want about the guy, but he just screams, screams megastar. And Somebody that I think will do really good with extra airtime because I think that he's going to get called up to the main roster is Braun Breaker. He may not get pulled, he may not get drafted in this draft, but whenever he comes up, I mean, can you imagine coming up and Braun Breaker having to compete for airtime with the guys that I just listed off? He's going to feel like he's not as big of a deal. But whenever he comes in, if it's just competing for airtime with you know, a handful of guys that don't have that much of an upper hand on him as far as, you know, time on the main roster and star power, I think that it will really, really help Braun Breaker. So we'll go ahead and talk about some NXT people that I want to get called up. Um, I hope that they, I really, really hope that they do it the way that they done like the 2016 draft or whatever it was, where you have this camera pointed in the NXT locker room and then all of a sudden, you know, it's, oh, we're drafting Finn Balor from NXT. And you see, and everybody's like, holy crap, that was like the number four or five pick or whatever it was. They just used it on this guy from NXT. He must be a really big deal. Or even whenever Alexa Bliss got drafted, you know, people were like, wow, they're draft drafting this girl from NXT. She must be really important. And I think Carmella also got drafted. I think she might have been like the last pick of the whole draft. And then she went on to like win Money in the Bank and, and win the WWE Women's Championship. And the whole thing all started because of how they set it up with the draft. I'm such a fan of the brand extension. I'm such a big fan of splitting the rosters in two because then you get more people to be interested in. You get more star power. You get more great matches. So, But it puts a lot of pressure on... First off, it puts a lot of pressure on the creative team to say... Okay, these are the group of people that we've got 
We can't intermingle any more people from anywhere else. How do we make this work? How do we get this started? It puts a lot of pressure on them to, to come up with interesting storylines. But when you call up people from NXT, you have a bigger roster. Somebody else, uh, another couple of people that I think is going to get caught up, just strictly based off of the rumors that I've heard, is pretty deadly. Which I've said on this podcast before, I want WWE to start getting a real tag team division. I am completely and totally tired of individuals running tag divisions. I don't want to see Braun Strowman and Ricochet trying to go after the tag titles because, well, they're two dudes we found in the back that didn't have anything going on. Man, that's incredibly frustrating to me. I hate that so much. So either turn these teams into real tag teams, give them one set of entrance music, have them dressing somewhat alike, have them performing double team moves. Like, give me the total tag team package. Pretty, dead, pretty Deadly is a team that could come up, I think. And they're different. They're unique. Of course, I am the same guy who thought the VOD villains were going to work on the main roster because they were different and unique, and they didn't work at all. They never got over. Nobody was interested in them. Um, again, a lot of that could be due to bad booking or whatever you want to say. But when the VOD villains came up to the main roster, I thought that they were going to be incredible, and they just weren't. Even though I was a huge fan of them in NXT. American Alpha, though, is the other side of that. American Alpha comes to the main roster. They end up winning the tag team titles. And they were incredibly exciting until Jason Jordan hurt his neck. So it's all a matter of how the pieces fall. You can never judge one way or another. But in my opinion, I think that Pretty Deadly would do the tag team division a lot of good. Somebody else that I think will be a good call-up from NXT is Cora Jade. You know, especially if you're going to call up Braun Breaker, they're together, they're a couple in real life. Cora Jade just wrestled last night at the Allstate Center. I think she's going to be on main event this week, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, I don't watch main event, but I think she's supposed to be on main event this week. Call her up from NXT. She's got a lot. I mean, she's got the perfect look. She has, she has a star look about her. She has it. I mean, it's it's all over her. She's really young. She's pretty. She's good at wrestling. I mean, what else are you wanting out of somebody? I think Gigi Dolan is somebody else that you could call up and make the women's division a little bit more interesting. And maybe a couple more people, but you don't want to bring up a ton of NXT people and then leave NXT stranded with not much star power. About the only other person that I think that you could call up and then do okay is Indy Hartwell. But she's the NXT Women's Champion right now. But, I mean, you could always take it off of her, have her lose a match or something like that, and then come to the main roster. She would be a good hand. I don't know that she would be a star. But I think that she could be a good hand. She's somebody, again, that can put on great matches. And with some TV time on national television, who knows what will happen with her. She has a good look. She can talk decently well. She's got an Australian accent, so it's kind of entertaining. Um, but yeah, she's another one that I think you could call up. As far as anything else to do with the draft going forward, I don't want them to... It's while we're speaking on tag teams. I don't want them to draft tag teams as a whole. I mean, if you're going to draft a tag team, use two picks on them. 
don't draft a tag team as a whole. And then the next team, you split them in half because of randomness. Again, that's one of the things that happened in the very first draft that I didn't agree with. And it happened in other drafts thereafter. Like you split Devon and Bubba, but Billy and Chuck get to come as a tag team. So I don't know. I don't like any of that. Don't give me any of that. Um, don't double draft somebody. You know, John Cena got drafted to, I think he was on Raw at the time. He got drafted to SmackDown. Then later in the night, he got drafted back to Raw. That's dumb. I understand why they done it at the time to kind of pop a crowd and, you know, see what people are going to, how they're going to react. We know that it's dumb. Don't do that. I don't think there's anything else that I'm really against or for one way or another. I just, my big things are set, set up your tag team division. I think the best way you go about that is splitting up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, drafting a couple tag teams up to the main roster, and set up your women's division. You know, bring up a couple women that you think can be good hands, split your rosters up evenly. And I think that the men's division will just take care of itself. I think that there's enough men on the roster that can do good things to where you can split them up. And I think that no matter how the pieces fall, as long as you have some good creative, everything will fall into place. So I'm excited for the draft that's coming up Friday. I think the draft is a good thing. I think that splitting the rosters up is a good thing. But the only way that the draft truly works is if you split the rosters and you keep them away from each other. You know, everything else can kind of go one way or the other, but those things right there, you got to have them set in stone. Don't just bring, uh, if you split Solo Sokoa away from the bloodline, I don't want to have him show up on SmackDown the next week just because the Usos are in trouble. Like, no, if he's on Raw, he's on Raw. That's all there is to it. So, Backlash is coming up in like, uh, let's see here. I think it's like nine days or 10 days. The draft is coming up in three days. We have a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts in the WWE. And this show has only went 40 minutes. I cut 20 minutes off the show this guy, off this week, you guys. If you enjoy the new format, let me know what you think about it. And if you hate it, let me know what you think about it. And if you think that I should start recording again on Saturdays, let me know about that. If you think I should continue to do it on Tuesdays, let me know about that. And go follow the social media pages. Go follow us on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and eventually YouTube. We're going to be over there at some point. I just have to continue to get everything set up. It's very uh, fluent right now. As some of you may know, the What About Wrestling Studios is actually my youngest daughter's bedroom. So I'm sitting in the middle of all these toys and all these clothes and flowers and pink stuff everywhere. So it's a joke whenever I say the What About Wrestling Studios. But once we get everything set up, it could be within the next six to eight months. I mean, it's going to take me a little while to get a studio and get the mics and everything the way that I want them have the whole spiel exactly how I want it. But by then, we should be on YouTube. And then I will be telling you every week to go follow us over there. So, what about wrestling? 